Rob Thomas with Club and Resort Business, and this episode of Club and Resort Talks is sponsored by Fire Within, makers of the finest wood-fired mobile pizza ovens on the market. Park it by the pool, the patio, or the 18th hole, and wow your members. Learn more at firewithin.com. And hey, I'm joined here by our senior editor, Phil Karen. Phil, how's it going? I'm doing well, Rob. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Can't complain. Hey, great. What have you, what have you been seeing in the news this week? Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, spring's almost here. You know, that's always time of growth. Starting again, clean slate, if you will. And it seemed like I was noticing this week, we're seeing a lot of news about uh, clubs going through some kind of transition, you know, new ownership, a sale, a potential sale, possible upgrade, things like that. Just a couple ones I wanted to mention real quick. Um, Valley Brook Golf Course in Hickson, Tennessee, near Chattanooga, has a new owner. Uh, it's Priscilla Mitz Dietrich and her brother, uh, Byron Mitz. Uh, they reached agreement to buy 137 acres of uh, prime land there. Uh, she said they're intending to uh, spruce up the golf course there. Uh, down in Florida, Delray Beach Golf Club, uh, they're looking at a $10 million to $15 million renovation of the municipal golf course, which is almost 100 years old. And right now, I guess they're down to four proposals they've been looking at. Uh, it would, I guess, revamp, revamp the property in exchange for some of that land to be sold off for development. Um, in my newspaper days, I'm used to these kind of stories. A lot of the residents who live nearby are a little concerned about it because I guess the plan, no matter which of the four plans we're talking about, uh, it's all each one's going to bring in a lot of new homes, if you will. And so there's a concern about traffic. But hopefully, of course, the golf course will get uh, spruced up there as well. One other one, too, which was a little bit um, kind of a sad note. And actually, I wanted to mention it because it's a golf course I've played on. Seven Hills Country Club uh, down in Lake Township, Ohio, which is near kind of equal distance from both Akron and Canton. Canton, the pro home of the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, they, that site is for sale right now and it's a little unclear if the site's actually even being offered as an operating golf course uh, according to the, the story we were seeing in the media looks like the course might might be permanently closed which is too bad i actually um probably been about 15 years but i played on the course uh, with my father-in-law and my brother-in-law uh, we enjoyed it i'm thinking about that area down there there are a couple of other courses within a few minutes of that one that are also very good golf courses. Uh, wondering if maybe the, the competition was a little too much for them. Uh, but sorry to see that course, if in fact it is closing permanently. Sorry to see that it might be going because uh, it was a good one. Yeah, I hate to see any golf course close, obviously. And with the um, with this boost in, in play, um, mm -hmm. closing one golf course is going to make it tougher to get tee times at the other golf courses, um, you know, and, and overcrowd those courses. Uh, it's, it's an unfortunate part of the business, but, um, you know, kind of like survival to fit us, I suppose. Yes. Yeah, it's definitely. Unfortunately, when I was thinking on that one, that's, um, of, of the couple other courses that are nearby that I'm thinking about, I will, I, all of them are really good courses though. That I can say about, it. I don't want to say one's better than another, or what have you, but yeah, unfortunate if that's the case with that one, I did want to mention one thing on a kind of a lighter note. Uh, I thought it was a fun story that we recently ran um, the uh, Mount Pleasant golf course in Baltimore, Maryland. They sort of had something, uh, a fun event where they called it the superintendent's revenge scramble, <laughs> which I guess uh, 
put some obstacles out on the golf course. We had a box fans, tractors, wooden pallets, garden hoses, some unusual obstacles uh, for golfers to try to deal with. Also very difficult pin placements. We're going to put them on a slope here or there or way at the back or way or right at the front of the green, if you will. Sounds like it might be a lot of fun, a little bit of challenge and a, the superintendent's revenge. I love the name. Yeah, I saw a video of something. I don't know if it was that exact tournament or something similar, but a guy just missed a putt and it trickled, I mean, literally trickled by and kept trickling, trickling right off of the back of the green down a hill and probably about 30 yards away. So um, brutal, brutal. But uh, yeah. I guess superintendents have to have their fun too, right? Yeah, no doubt about it. That's a lot hey, of fun. On our website right now, um, depending on when you watch this, our lead story is uh, Jarrett Chirico director of rackets at Royal Oaks country club in Dallas. Uh, one thing that he said in his call, this is our first rackets ops uh, column because rackets are getting big, 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 big. He says that the rackets industry is expected to grow more than 200% over the next five years. That's crazy. And the crossover rate between racket sports, uh, whether you play pickleball um, or tennis or paddle or whatever you're doing uh, is very high. I mean, they're talking about like a 30% crossover rate plus. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, that's, we, we said it just about every week, rising tide lifts all ships. And uh, Jarrett mentions it right in his column. I mean, it's, um, Raggetts is growing. It's growing at an uh, unprecedented rate at this point. You know, we were, when you and I were growing up, uh, Raggetts mm -hmm. was fueled by, by stars, whether it was uh, Andre Agassi, Pete Sampras, mm -hmm. uh, you know, before our time, McEnroe, Connors, it's like, you know, the celebrities are the ones yes. who, um, who spurred everybody wanted to play because they wanted to play like McEnroe or Sampras or, or Andy Roddick or whoever. Now, not that the stars aren't there, but the stars really aren't fueling this generation of, of racket sports enthusiasts. It's the actual sports themselves, pickleball being number one. Uh, people are getting involved in pickleball because of the reputation of the sport, not because, you know, these pickleball stars are coming out and about, but <laughs> stars are investing in pickleball. You know, we're talking about, uh, I mean, LeBron James and uh, other, you know, mm -hmm. high profile celebrities that right, are investing right. in, in professional pickleball and, uh, and really getting into it at all levels. So uh, Jarrett, uh, read the article. It's on the website. It's in our March issue. Um Fantastic insight from him. And I think to that point, Rob, I believe, well, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but that, that we are going to have that as sort of a regular feature to have a uh, racket operations feature uh, within Club and Resort Business Magazine now, correct? Yeah, a regular basis. Um, there's a lot to be said, a lot to be written about. Um, not that we haven't touched upon rackets in the past, right. but uh, it's really going to gain a higher profile in our, um, in our issues going forward. And um, I look forward to it because there's just so much to unwrap. We've done, we've, you know, right. we've covered golf and golf's a massive sport and, you know, golf fuels so many of these clubs and so many of these resorts, but um, racket sports are growing, growing unprecedented rate. And um, it's time that we give it their, their fair share. I thought it was interesting too. I read, read his column yesterday, actually. It was interesting to notice like you referenced that, that crossover rate. I hadn't thought about that before so we've talked before in the past about how much pickleball is booming but it seems clear that the boom in pickleball is actually going to help all these other racket sports as well it probably again you probably have to have some newcomers to some of the other ones because of pickleball if you will 
Yeah. You know, the tennis players, some of them are up in arms uh, because mm-hmm. maybe they're losing a court or two, you know, uh, when they're transitioning. If, if there's not the space to just add pickleball courts or if they don't want to just kind of retape the tennis lines, they're actually getting rid of some tennis courts. Uh, so I understand, you know, I'm a tennis player. I, I grew mm-hmm. up playing tennis. I haven't really played pickleball. I, I look forward to it. But um, I can understand some of the people being a little upset that uh, their courts are being taken away given to these other people, but, uh, Hey, let's, can't we all just get along? You know, it's, it's, right. it's helping everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. It's been a, it's been interesting to watch the sport because yeah, I think, um, I know there's sometimes controversy about it because of the noise of the, the ball makes coming off the paddle. It's yeah. I guess apparently louder than playing tennis and that, but it seems like that those issues are being worked out as time goes along. We're figuring out ways to, where you're locating the courts, maybe some soundproofing materials, things like that. I think it'll work out. And I think, yeah, I think people will find uh, if they're open to it, that uh, it's another sport to enjoy. Yeah, well, certainly. Hey, uh, while I still have you, um, your column is also on uh, the website and uh, it touches upon this very podcast, a little podcast that could, right. We're, we're growing, growing, growing Um, our club resource talks podcast. And you referenced back way back to when I interviewed Gary player at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, yes. We have our, you know, our last several guests, uh, different parts of the, um, the industry. And um, what, what I want to bring up is a question to our readers or our watchers, I guess, at this period, who do you want us to feature? We're going to do some general managers. What are the movers and shakers doing? We're going to talk right. to you uh general managers out there we're going to talk to the club pro we're going to talk to a lot of people but is there anybody in particular that our viewers want us to to reach out to whether it's a gm whether it's an industry leader um someone who's uh changing the face of clubs and resorts let us know uh email phil at p k e r e n at wtwhmedia.com or me at r thomas at wtwhmedia.com let us know who you want us to interview. Absolutely. Yeah, we're definitely open to suggestions. There's a lot of a lot of issues, a lot of topics, a lot of projects we can talk about. A lot a lot of things that are out there. And, and again, people in different parts of the country might be facing different types of things and let us know. Let us know. We can't know everything all at once, right? So let us know yeah. what we can do uh, to make this podcast as uh, engaging and interesting as possible. What's that? Uh, the the Oscar movie, everything, everywhere, all at once. Yes, that's can't why I be there, but we'll try. Just, yes, yes, that actually just won Best Picture the other night. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but uh, heard a lot oh. of good things about it. But uh, yes, that's why I was smiling. I was realizing I think that probably came into my subconscious somehow. There. <laughs> Is there anything else that you want to talk about before we get to our featured guest today? No, I think we've covered everything, Rob. I think I'm in. I think we're in good shape. Terrific. Hey, well, I got, I had the chance to talk to Gray Rains of Rains Hospitality. Um, they are, and I'll get into it in the, in the next segment, but uh, basically a, a hotel uh, company. They've, uh, you know, all about hospitality, but they recently got into golf. They bought themselves a golf course. Uh, there is a hotel component to it. Uh, so they're, but they're learning the, uh, the next steps. Because oh, overnight, hey, you're a golf course owner. So um, let's talk to Gray Rains with Rains Hospitality and see how they're handling it.
Hi, I'm Rob Thomas with Club Resort Business, and uh, we're here talking with Gray Rains of Rains Hospitality. I want to tell you about Rains Hospitality. They manage 21 hotels across the Southeast United States. In 2021, they purchased the Waynesville Inn and Golf Club in North Carolina. That thrust Gray and his business into the golf business. Gray, how you doing, and why did you get into the golf business now? Well, it's a great question. I've been, I've been around the game my entire life. It's been a big part of who we are as a company, who I am, and uh, played golf in college, grew up playing junior golf. And, uh, you know, we were drawn to this project via the hospitality component. Uh, we we have always, we've been in the hotel business for well over 30 years. We've been in existence over 50 years. And as any time we've evolved the company or found different avenues to grow, it was with a thoughtful approach and we are drawn to this property because of the hundred year old in its own property that just absolutely gorgeous. It's undergoing a full renovation and will open in the same time. The golf course is brought back online. So brought into the business via hospitality component, but looking to stay in the golf business for a long time. Well, describe that in a little bit more if you could. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, built in 1926 uh, we've got the main lodge was built then. They've added another, uh, it's called uh, Woodcrest. And then they combined both buildings with a tower in the, in the 70s to get an elevator there. So when we open, we'll have about 77 rooms. That's a combination of the inn as well as the golf cottages. That first three golf cottages deliver June 1. So really excited about our hospitality offerings, the ability for the stay and play to, to be a big proponent of who we are we've got two f&b outlets and uh you know our executive chef that's coming online i mean just really a phenomenal guy and he's gonna do big things on the f&b side as well so it's a total experience in western north carolina well man that's exciting uh you talked about the stay component let's talk about the play component you uh renovated both the ross nine and the weed nine uh those are finishing up soon um what was your process for evaluating and selecting uh, a golf course architect for this project is a major project. Absolutely. Take a little step back. My, my business partner actually discovered this opportunity. David Tart, uh, our other managing partner for the Reigns company, uh, he discovered this and we knew it was an absolute gem for, for this property. It had just really been mistreated and needed a lot of love. And so as, as we were coming together, we approached it the same way we, we approach all of our projects. Uh, we, as we do hospitality, we have several core architects we work with. With this being a new venture, we started making phone calls to friends in the industry. And we started trying to figure out, okay, how does this process work? It was important for us to, to honor the history of the Ross 9, to fully restore it. But the facility was 27 holes, and, and the other 18 outside of the Ross 9, it really felt compressed. It, it, was, it didn't have a good flow to it, but it was an amazing piece of real estate. So David and I had the same idea of bringing that back down to nine holes and allowed us to create a great practice facility, which is just a big part of the game now, and a small wedges facility with five greens. And you can play really distances from you know 20 yards up to 120 yards and out and back type layout. But no, we started the process. We started to talk to friends who had had good experiences, bad experiences. And we had a really good friend of ours uh, who knew Bobby and, and had mentioned that they mentioned to David, he said, I can make an introduction. And David and I both laughed. We're like, 
Bobby's not going to call us back. Bobby's working on big projects like Grow 23 or the Old Farm or, you know, any of the ones in Western North Carolina. And we ended up getting on a call with Bobby. We had interviewed a couple other architects. We're still in the process of talking to some other folks, but he was just such a natural fit. I mean, really same value systems we have in that we are very hands-on developers. We're in the middle of it. Bobby's still a dirt guy. He's always going to call himself that. And we saw that through the hands-on of shaping the greens and being involved with the construction company. And so, yeah, once we were able to get to know Bobby and interview him, the other guys kind of went to the wayside. And uh, yeah, it was very easy to see. Something that took a lot of time to get to at the end, it was an easy decision to go with Bobby with all of his experience and just his hands-on approach. Yeah, Bobby Weed is big time. Uh, he's, big time. Uh, I mean, you're talking about Michael Jordan. He's working directly with Michael <laughs> Jordan, right? So <laughs> Absolutely. That, that's a big one. So we had mentioned Ross Nine again, over and over again. Uh, Donald Ross, obviously, for those who are uninformed, but you know, in the golf industry, obviously, Ross kind of speaks for itself. 1926, the golf course opened. Uh, how did the the historic nature of having a donald ross property way into your um thinking when it came to having bobby kind of rework that nine and uh kind of refresh it bring it into you know this century absolutely so we have a history through our woven arm of our management development company uh woven by reigns it's focused on independent unique luxury assets and when we redo historic projects, uh, we've done 13, 14 historic projects, federal state, state tax credit deals. Uh, you know, with those, we realize we're just a steward of these buildings for a period of time. And we want to honor their history and set it up for, for the next owner, really, you know, whether that's for five years or 50 years. I mean, we typically hold our properties. So we took the exact same approach to the Ross 9. How do we honor that history? How do we build on the history from 1926 but then like you said we make we make it relevant for today's game and and bobby's history of not just great new golf courses but also renovations and ongoing relationships with several ross courses uh that really helped us get comfortable with the fact that he was going to be able to restore that ross nine something that donald ross would hopefully be proud of and then also create a new nine that flows together and feels good and he truly has accomplished that. That's fantastic. I'm looking forward to seeing it myself. Hey, <laughs> you're a businessman. You have a hotel with so short on number 200 rooms, and it's not open. You're not making any money. You're spending money. It's costing you just to have it there. So if you could balance um, opening the golf course as soon as possible versus allowing for a longer grow-in, um, you want to, you want to get golfers out on that golf course. You want to get those greens fees, you know, coming through, obviously you want to get guests in the hotel. Um, how do you balance the quickness with, you know, when it's ready? So, I mean, I think that that goes back to fundamentals of our company. I mean, we really, everything we do has a long-term approach. Everything is done, uh, thoughtfully. And we take exactly the same approach to the golf. So we're going to work with our professionals but we're not going to open that golf course too early. And really it's a testament to our investor group as well. The folks that believe in David and I and the Reigns company all together, they understand that this is a long-term approach. I mean, if you ask any of them, yes, we, we want to open as soon as it, it makes sense, as soon as we have a sustainable uh, product, 
but the reality is we want to deliver a, a memorable, excellent golf experience. So until Bobby's signing off, until McCurick Golf signs off, and until we feel comfortable, we're not going to open that golf course. And even then, even when we do open, we're going to open it in a responsible manner. You know, if that's 20 rounds a day, we'll work into 100 rounds a day if that if that's what we get to. But But it really... Again, it's just a long-term approach and making sure that we're delivering a product that is sustainable. Hey, I'll tell you, you, you said off camera, 70 degrees and sunny down there right now. <laughs> and I bet, I bet you would love to be on the golf course, but uh, kudos to you for, uh, for giving it the time it needs. I bet it looks beautiful from a distance, but then when you get oh, down gorgeous. right on it, you say, okay, hey, this is why we have to let it grow a little bit longer. Absolutely, absolutely. Winter's starting to break up. Uh, our team is on board. I mean, they're they're working 12-hour days, making sure that we're getting the, the finished product that we want. Bobby was on site all last week, uh, along with Joey from his team. Um, we've had somebody really hands-on from, from Bobby or his team from day one, and I think that that's something else that really means a lot to us. I mean, we never wanted to just license a name. You know, we wanted, we wanted partners, and, and everything we do, we look for people that are partners and aligned with us, and, you know, Bobby and his team really were like that. So excited about the finished product, but also we know we've got a lot of hard work the next 60 days to get toward, get to opening. Yeah, well, it's, I, know, I know everybody's <laughs> eagerly anticipating that that day. Uh, so you've been in the, in the business for 30 years in the hospitality business for 30 years plus, um, and I'm sure your sales and your marketing are, are down pat. You got it. You got it in spades, but now how do you transfer that history, that uh, experience in sales and marketing to now golf, getting golfers out there, getting memberships, getting, uh, you know, the filling up the t-sheets, how are you going to be doing that? Absolutely. So, I mean, I think, you know, one thing, hospitality is universal, right? Like, so people, we want to drive an amazing experience. And from that, we're going to build the team that allows us to do that. So some of that is a combination of tried and true processes in the golf world and then marrying that up with the hospitality business. So I really can't say enough great things about our membership director, JD Trueblood, director of golf that we brought on Billy Ross and then our director of sales that has been with the company a long time. She moved to Waynesville because she's so excited about the project, uh, Christine Osborne and that team coming together is just really allowing us. I mean, our group bookings for September, October through the roof, uh, our membership right now, um, we're, we're waitlisted. Every category is waitlisted. We're well ahead of uh, where we thought we would be on the membership side of things i mean we've really had buy-in again we've tried to keep that a very reasonable number i mean we want to make sure that we're driving an experience that's a very member focused experience and so you know we're where we are membership numbers is very conservative because we want to be able to grow into it it's hopefully uh hopefully something we'll be able to you know add those members from the wait list responsibly once the golf course opens and we get a feel for play yeah, terrific. So, okay, so we're looking at June 1 as, you know, as the opening, we're the big unveiling. Look into your crystal ball, if you would, uh, 2024, 2025, 2030. I don't know how far you want to go. But what's the future <laughs> of Waynesville Inn and Golf Club? What do you what do you see happening there? You know, with, with, with where, I mean, obviously slightly biased, but I, I feel that uh, we have developed a golf course that, 
that the customer, the the, the member, they're going to want a steady diet of it. And so from there, it's driving the culture, right? And our culture starts with fun. I mean, golf should be fun and it's going to be fun. So if you're a member, the tournaments we have lined up, the opportunities to be around other members you want to be with, that's a huge part of this. And all I can see is that the culture is just going to continue to improve the next 10, 15, 20 years. And we're excited about as the golf course matures. I mean, some of the native grass that Bobby's put in, some of that takes about two years to fully grow in. And, and you can start to see some of it, but, you know, it'll be at its peak in about two years. So, you know, it's, it's just, it'll evolve. And we, we really think that the finished product will mature and it'll be something that folks talk about as, as, the beauty of being in Western North Carolina in the mountains, but not having a super quirky mountain golf course. I mean, this is a, this is a track that has to, you have to hit quality golf shots, quality golf shots will be rewarded, but there's not the crazy elevation changes that, you know, people just kind of, you know, whether you want to call it Mickey mouse or goofy golf, it, it, it's a good golf course requires great golf shots. Okay, great. You're not going to be tumbling down the side of a mountain, or, you know, or, or <laughs> right, having to putt exactly. through a windmill or anything, huh? Absolutely, yeah. We we avoided that at all costs. <laughs> I mean, we wanted something that, you know, we want to be able to host tournaments. We want to be able to have uh, all players of all backgrounds and, you know, handicaps come in, and, and they're going to have a fun time. Good players going to be challenged, but it's also a way that the, the higher handicaps can come in and just have a ton of fun. Hey, until that time, how can folks find out more about the the club, the hotel, all that stuff online, social media? What, yeah, what do you have? Absolutely. We've got a very active Facebook, Instagram, uh, Waynesville Inn and Golf Club websites updated daily right now. Uh, and then our company, our parent company, so rainsco.com. So all, all four of those outlets are having very regular updates. Terrific. Terrific. Hey, Gray, thank you very much for joining us. And thank you so uh, I much. Look forward to seeing you in person and getting down there, hitting some golf balls with you this summer, maybe. Uh, that'd be good. Come, 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 join us. I'm ready to host you. Fantastic. Take care and stay well, man. All right. Thanks, Rob. 